Hey runners, so you know how we always ask you to leave us a review or check this out or check that out? Well, we have made a new page called Friends of the Real Life Runners Podcast, and it's got all the links that you need so that you can access anything that we talk about in our shows. So if you head over to realliferunners.com forward slash friend, you'll have all the links right there at your disposal. So thanks in advance for all the reviews and shares and follows on Instagram. And now onto the show. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. All right, so 2022 is coming to an end. So crazy. It's so crazy, right? Like, where did this year go? I feel like I I say that at the end of every year, but um, especially this year. And just because like the last couple of years have all been kind of weird. But I'm pretty sure that was the opening line of the podcast that we had a year ago. So 2021 is coming to the year. Where did the year go? Coming to the year? Coming to the close. You said coming to the year. Coming to the year. Coming to the year. So anyway, we like to do this at the end of every year. So if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you may have heard some similar ideas. But we like to, at the end of the year, do a little bit of a wrap up of the past year and then look ahead to the future year. and talk about setting goals, right? So this is kind of our episode where we like to help you guys understand how to wrap up your year, how to look back on your year and gain the benefits of it for whatever happened, right? Because sometimes, you know, maybe your training went wonderfully. Maybe you have like achieved tons of goals this year. Maybe you're doing great in your training. That's awesome. You definitely want to look back and celebrate it. Or maybe your training didn't really go the way you wanted it to this year. Also okay, right? Also a good thing, right? It's, It's still important to look back and celebrate it and then learn the lessons in both cases, right? Even if it went well, even if it didn't go well, what lessons can we take away from 2022 to set us up for more success in 2023? And so that's really what we want to focus on today. Right. Because sometimes if you've had that that lack of success, you know, you've already looked back and tried to find some of the lessons. But if maybe your year went super smooth, now would be a good time to look back. A lot of times we're like, oh, it went great. And we don't even try to pick up a lesson from that. Yeah. So this is a great time to look back over the last year and say, hey, what went well, what didn't go well, and what can I gain from it? Yeah. And so, so I'm curious, like, are you a New Year's resolution kind of person, right? Like, because I always like to say that I'm not a New Year's resolution kind of person. Like, why wait till the new year has kind sure. of always been my mantra. But the way that our brain is programmed, our brain likes to start on um, – a new week, a new month, a new year. Like our brain likes starting dates. Our, 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 it does. Anything that, that we can, it can use as a defined yeah. sort of like clean slate, fresh page. Mm-hmm. Our birthday is a good one. The yep. brain just defaults to these like new starts. And it's totally arbitrary, you know, of but course. but knowing that our brain is kind of programmed this way, you can obviously start anything whenever you want to, right? You should never really, in my opinion, wait to start to set a goal. You shouldn't wait to start a workout program. You should definitely start whenever you're ready. But whenever we do have these kind of arbitrary dates pop up, I think I like to use it just as a a good time to kind of check in, right, with myself. So, excuse me. So let's talk about 2022. Like, how did 2022 go for you, first of all? Did you have any running goals? 
All right. So if if you're listening to this podcast and you're in a place where you can maybe take some notes or journal, I would highly suggest that. And then you can kind of go through this podcast and kind of use it as an outline, like a framework for you to evaluate your past year and then set goals for 2023. And if you're out on a run or driving, maybe you can come back to this if if you want to. You can always bookmark this episode and come back to it and, and use some of the questions and the prompts that we give you to really sit down and write some of this stuff out so that you actually have it out on paper. So number one, did you have running goals? And if you did have running goals, did you achieve them? Did you make progress toward them or did you give up on them? I feel like those are really the three options. Like if you've got a goal sitting there and and you should, and we'll get in as, you know, what do you want for 2023 in the future of like how to set up the, the future goals. But if you had a goal, you either knocked it off mm-hmm. or or you didn't. Like these are kind of like, it's one or the other. Right. And if you didn't, maybe you you made some solid progress towards it. That was kind of like one of my big goals. I made good progress towards it, yeah. but I didn't necessarily achieve the goal. I didn't give up on it. Mm-hmm. I'm just in, in progress. My timeline was off. 2022 well, was not the timeline. I mean, it's possible that you didn't make progress on it either. So that would be a fourth option. Is that like you, well, this could be one of those points that we could debate up on a little bit, right? Whether you didn't make progress, if that counts as giving up on the goal. Well, did you try? If you didn't, then you gave up on the goal. So that's That's my third option, right? But did you try and not make progress? Okay. Or is that even possible? Like, is it possible to try and not make progress? Or would you say that as long as you tried, you made progress toward the goal? I think as long as you tried, you made progress towards the goal. Mm -hmm. You might not be able to see it. And here's the, the issue of like some huge goals is just because you're on like a plateau of training, like maybe you were getting faster and faster and faster and you seemingly hit a plateau for all of 2022 mm-hmm. does not mean that you didn't get anywhere. Like if you were putting in quality training, you're like, I mixed up my training. I added this thing. I changed the way that I was doing speed and I still seem to be stuck on my plateau. You're like, you're coiling the spring. Like 20 is at some point that spring is going to release and there's going to be a breakthrough race. Mm-hmm. It just may not have happened. Yeah. Maybe a lot of races you knocked out over the last year all ran very similar times. Mm-hmm. If you keep hitting at the same time after the same time after the same time, usually that is setting you up for a breakthrough. That yeah. doesn't mean that you're stuck. That doesn't mean you'll never get through. Mm-hmm. It means you're coiling the spring. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point. Um, and if you're curious about that plateau, go back and listen to our episode from last week. Okay, episode 285, we talked a lot about what happens what happens when our progress plateaus and what we should do about it, you know, so that we can stay out of that vicious running cycle. So head back and, and listen to that episode if you've missed it. Um and if you're curious about plateaus, but I think that that is a good point, right? Like just because you haven't yet achieved that goal that you have set for yourself does not mean you haven't made progress, even if that progress may not be as visible as you want it to be. Right. That's the issue. Yeah. Sometimes the progress is not just blatantly obvious that mm-hmm. you've made progress. Sometimes you tried and and seemingly mm-hmm. came up well short of the goal. Mm-hmm. Maybe you tried multiple times, made little small steps, and you seemed to miss them, but you gained a whole lot of mental lessons mm-hmm. along the way. And perspective. And perspective, yeah. which doesn't seem like you're making progress because you can't physically see it at, when you're out on your run, but that mental change, that perspective is in fact a big step towards the goal. Well, and it's also, like you said, it's building that mental strength of I am not seeing the results that I want and I'm continuing to work at it anyway. Which is that really to me, tough. <laughs> and that to me is a huge 
step forward, mm -hmm. right? Like if you can not see progress and still keep working towards it, that takes a lot of dedication and discipline and mental strength to be able to continue to do that. Right. So if your if your running goal is rooted in some sort of longer distance, mm -hmm. uh, that's a, a great skill that you've been developing and reinforcing all year. Right. If, you know, and I say that with a little bit of a caveat though, too, because if you're doing the same exact thing and not moving forward, then you might want to change it up a little bit, right? Like sure. you might want to, but if you've, if you've been trying different things, then and you're still not making the progress and you're still moving forward, like I would love to commend you right now because of like course. you're always trying, right? You're putting in the effort. Maybe you just haven't found the exact right thing for you. And that's again, why you guys have heard us talk about this before, why personalizing your training plan for you is the most important thing. Maybe you just haven't kind of cracked that code yet and you're still working on it. And maybe you need some help, you know, maybe you need some coaching and some guidance along the way. And if that sounds like you, again, I'm just going to put a shameless plug right here. We would love to help you. We would love to coach you. We've got openings in our group coaching program right now. So if you would like some coaching in the new year, if you would like some guidance to help you achieve your goals, reach out to us, okay? You can um, find out all the information on our website, realliferunners.com, or you can send me a DM over on Instagram at realliferunners. Or if you're old school and you want to give me, or I shouldn't say old school, if you want to uh, shoot me an email, you can reach me over at support at realliferunners.com. Okay. So just reach old out. Old actual mail. Yeah. Or, or like a phone call, right? I know. I was like, that's not really old school, but it kind of is. Like that's like a lot of people nowadays don't um, use email as much no, anymore. People view email as old school. It's sent it by a carrier pigeon. Our kids do like, they're like, Oh, who emails? Like, what is that? Like, cause everything's DM and Snapchat. Well, and... The only, only person they would ever email is their teacher. And clearly teachers are old people. So, <laughs> so, so email is the old way to correspond <laughs> there now. You go. Lord have mercy. So, um, okay. So let's talk a little bit about hours. Cause you said that you didn't really achieve your goal. And I know people kind of like it when we throw our own goals in here, because I think the next one is like, what are, what were the roadblocks that mm -hmm. were both in your control and out of your control? And are they likely to continue? Like, let's talk a little bit about this. Like, so what were your running goals this year? Did you achieve them? Did you make progress toward them? Did you give up on them? And then part two is what were the roadblocks? Okay. And then once you identify those roadblocks, of something that may have gotten in your way. Also decide, were those things in your control or were they out of your control? And are they likely to continue? So let's talk about you for a little bit. Great. I love, I love talking about me. It's the best. <laughs> um, uh, so one of my, my big <clears throat> running goal on the year was to complete the 100-mile ultra marathon. Yeah. And that race happened toward, on, on the front half of the year. Mm -hmm, in May. And I didn't, I didn't make it to the finish line, which is weird because, you know, when you get to the finish line of like, whatever the race is, they stick the, the metal around your neck because it's just a completion thing. But I didn't make it to the finish line. I was like a third of the way still away from the finish line. So I made it like two thirds of the way mm -hmm. numbers wise to my goal. Um, but I definitely made progress. Like I actually... It's really difficult to say I completed a hundred mile race right. if you don't sign up for it, if you don't train for it, mm -hmm. if you don't practice how to fuel during the runs. Mm -hmm. Like there was a lot of progress made towards that goal and a lot of lessons learned in in actually going for the race. Like mm -hmm. it's not like the first time, let's see, the first time I tried to run 50 miles 
that was not successful either. Mm -hmm. And I learned a lot of lessons on that one. That was not a race. I just did that around our our neighborhood essentially. Um, But I didn't make it. And the same thing happened in the hundred is I tried a hundred and I didn't make it, but I gained a whole heck of a lot of lessons. Mm -hmm. And I think I gained even more lessons because I tried it in an actual racing format, which was very cool because then you were there and the girls were there and one of our close friends helped with, Mm -hmm. with crewing and everything. Lots of phenomenal lessons over the course of that one. Um, But to kind of jump ahead here of roadblocks, why not try it again in the back half of the year? There's limited options for ultras. Like it's not like you can just catch an ultra over every weekend of the year. Like you can, you just have to travel all over the place to do it, but they're not as easy to come by as like a local 5k. Um, so that's, that's definitely, um, one of the roadblocks is you can't just sign up for them casually over Mm -hmm. the weekend. Uh, they're also much more expensive than a local 5k. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, the whole race experience itself is a lot more involved. Like it's a multi-day process and the timing of the spring, I, I didn't coach track last spring. So I had the time to sort of fit in the training for it and the race itself, Mm -hmm. whereas cross country takes up a whole lot of time coaching cross country during the fall. Yeah. And there's also, you have to recover from it. That too. You know, like if you mentally and physically, mentally and physically, like it took you a little while to recover from that. It's not like you could have just like jumped in and done another one, like at, you know, quickly. Um, but I would say you made a lot of progress toward that goal, right? Because like you said, the first time you attempted 50 miles, you didn't make it. And then you did complete a 50 mile training run yep. and then you made it downpour. Yeah. That was a crazy day. And then you made it 65 miles. Like, so you run the longest distance you've ever run. That's a huge accomplishment, right? Yes. Like, even though you didn't accomplish that ultimate goal that you had set for yourself, I think that you, by you setting that huge goal, that got you further than you've ever gotten before. And I think that that's one thing that's really important for us to keep in mind as well, that the point of those big goals is not to achieve them. That is not the only point of setting big goals. The point of setting big goals is to have that lighthouse in the distance for you to shoot towards, for you to train towards, for you to direct all of your effort toward, understanding that you might not hit it. You, especially on the first try, right? Like, yeah. and that's why it's such a big goal and you have to be okay with failure. And a lot of us are not okay with failure. We think that, oh shoot, if I didn't hit that goal, that means that something went wrong. And that I'll never be able to achieve that goal. Like Some I people take it there. I could have, have said, well, I only made it 65 miles. I guess I'll never be able to hit a hundred miles mm-hmm. and I'm done with this. Yeah. And that was also not what I did. I did not immediately sign up for another one. I did not even run another one over the course of 2022, but I did not give up on that goal. Right. So would you say that, that you have, that you want to try for that goal again next year? Yes. Is that a 2023 goal? That is a 2023 goal. I, the specifics of it and, and what race and how that's going to play out, that is something that you and I need to talk about more. We do. Perhaps off mic. Yeah. But um, yes, that is a goal that I, I would still like to to strive for. Yeah. So were you satisfied with your running progress? Um. This is part two. This is like the next step. So number one, did you have running goals? And then address those questions that we had. The next thing is, were you satisfied with your running progress? Well, let's just hit this other one real quick here. Roadblocks in your control versus out of your control. Oh, okay. Okay. Because I think this is a super important thing when you look back, because it helps when looking to make a goal again. 
Like, Mm -hmm. were the roadblocks something that came up that was completely out of your control? Yeah. Like, I did manage to run a 50-mile thing, even though it was an absolute downpour that day. Mm -hmm. The weather was out of my control. I still managed to do it. The weather on the day that I tried to to race the 100 was also out of my control. Mm -hmm. And it was a billion degrees with humidity through the roof. And there was that, like, Saharan dust cloud over the top of us. So it was, like, poor air quality. Not within your control. All out of my control. Right. But... All of the, like the fueling things along the way, I could practice that as best as possible. Mm-hmm. I had still, I had never tried eating after running 50 miles. Mm-hmm. So that was something that I learned along the way. So things in versus out of my control and are they likely to continue? You know, there's scheduling issues. That's a little out of my control. That will continue. Weather, always out of my control. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I can't fix climate change this year. Um, so that is also likely to continue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's something that all of us should really key in on of maybe I missed that goal because this thing keeps popping up. Well, can you get rid of that thing or not? Like, cause that's going to affect like, do you want to go after that goal again? If this thing will always keep popping up and trying to block me from getting it. Yeah, that's a good point. All right. So that's kind of like my hundred mile experience. What about your running for 2022? How did, <laughs> how did your running goals go? My running goals for 2022 were um, a little nebulous at the beginning of the year. Okay. I will admit that because a big thing for me this year was um, building strength. You know, yeah. like I wanted to build strength. That was my focus for the beginning of the year. I actually cut back on my running so that I could try to build more strength. Um, and then kind of what happened throughout the year is that my running felt awful. Mm-hmm. I will be a hundred percent honest with you guys. Um, and totally transparent. My running for most of 2022 felt terrible. It, I felt like my endurance was down. My speed was down. I didn't know what was going on. I've, I was also like feeling very like a lot of shame around it because, um, I'm a running coach, right? So I'm like, <laughs> it's a tough combat. I coach people how to improve their running. Why is my running feeling so awful? Why is my running not getting better? Why am I getting slower? I don't understand what's happening. I'm following the method. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm getting enough sleep. I'm eating well. I don't understand what's going on. And it made me question a lot. And, um, luckily I had some, doctor's appointments scheduled at the, um, in, see, it wasn't really until November. It's Um, it's pretty late in the year. Pretty late in the year. Well, because my, my focus for the beginning of the year wasn't speed and distance. So I really didn't notice it that well. Like my runs were fine, you know, what wasn't that big of a deal, but this, there was like a six month period, at least, um, six to nine months where my running just wasn't feeling good. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to stick with it. Right. I'm just going to maintain consistency. It's, it's probably just, you know, a plateau. It's probably just something that I'm going through. And, um, long story short, I found out that I had an iron deficiency mm-hmm. and I started taking iron an iron supplement and voila, <laughs> like I feel so much better. Um, like my running the last month has felt so much better. Like my speed is coming back. My endurance is coming back. I, you know, I was getting to one point, especially over the summer where it was really hot and I wasn't, um, feeling well where I was having to walk on like every run, you yep. know, like I was having to take walking breaks on every single run and my heart rate was through the roof and I just didn't get it. And so, um, my running goals, I would say I, I didn't, 
I didn't really achieve them. I had kind of set a goal of, of getting faster in the half marathon, but because I was feeling so terrible, mm -hmm. I didn't even train for a half marathon. Right. right. So yes, I would say that I did kind of give up, give up on them, but it was for a good reason when I look back, right? Like it was my health. I wasn't, I was not feeling well enough to like train for a race. And I knew based on how I was feeling, I was feeling tired all the time. I just did not have the energy to devote to training to for a race. And I didn't think that that would be a good choice, right? Based on the way that I was feeling. So um, as far as roadblocks go, I would say that, you know, it was not in my control that I had this iron deficiency. I mean, you could argue, you know, diet this or that, but we, I found out the reason for this iron deficiency and it was not related to diet or lifestyle or anything like that. Um, and so what I realized is that because of this iron deficiency, my body, my muscles were not getting the proper amounts of oxygen, right? Because iron helps to our bodies to produce red blood cells and red blood cells help bring oxygen to our working muscles. So of course I was feeling tired all the time. Of course I was feeling exhausted on my runs. Of course I wasn't able to have the speed or the endurance that I was and used to. Heart rate through the roof. Heart rate through the roof because my heart was like overworking to try to get oxygen to my body, right? And now that I've been taking an iron supplement for the past month, I feel so much better. So yes, it was something that was out of my control because I didn't know about it. Yep. I found out about it, went to the doctor and decided to take control of it by taking an iron supplement. Um, and so is it likely to continue? Hopefully not. You know, I mean, I don't know. It's going to be a, um, kind of a, let's see what happens kind of thing. Like, let's see how my body responds so far. It's responding really well to the iron supplementation. And, um, I think that, you know, will it continue to respond long-term? Cause sometimes, you know, the body kind of adjusts and we'll see what happens. But now I kind of know that I have this issue. So I think I can respond to it uh, more right. appropriately. So even if the thing, if the issue pops back mm -hmm. up, you can go get a blood test and see if there's an iron deficiency right. issue happening again. So it's something that you have quicker control over. I would right. Argue. Right. Exactly. You know, I'll be getting probably periodic blood tests to kind of keep an eye on it, to monitor it. Obviously I'm going to be able to monitor my symptoms and how I'm feeling. And I know now what could be causing that. Yes. Right. And so I'm going to do everything in my power to help myself continue to feel this way because running feels good again. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's amazing. Nice. Like, um, because it was, it was a struggle. I was on the struggle bus for so many months and it was really, really hard. All right. So forgive us if this episode seems a little choppy, apparently today's the day that all lo loud noises are happening at our house. Mm -hmm. Like our dog has been on high alert barking at everyone today. There was literally a helicopter that just flew over our house and landed like very close by. Um, so if you hear any crazy background noises, we apologize ahead of time, but at least we're using the right microphone this week. Cause, um, if you listen to last week's episode, you notice that the sound quality was not as good. Again, I forgot to put like the wrong microphone was selected. So hopefully the content was phenomenal the, last yes, week. Last week's episode was very good. If you guys haven't listened to that episode, head back and listen to 285 too. All right. So I think we're talking about being satisfied with our running. Yeah. Progress so, yeah. So now let's, now that we kind of know like what our running goals for 2022 were kind of what the roadblocks were that kind of got in our mm -hmm. way. Um, the question, the next question you want to ask yourself is, were you satisfied with your running progress? Right, which a lot of people skip. 
mm-hmm. if the answer is no. They just ignore it and they're like, all right, time to set a goal for 2023 mm-hmm. and just ignore the lack of satisfied with 2022 mm-hmm. because that it's uncomfortable. And so people kind of skip the uncomfortable part, but that's that's where you can learn something about like, I didn't gain full satisfaction. Just sit there in that uncomfortable and try and figure out why was it not satisfying to you? Yeah, I think that or... Um, another thing that people tend to do is they for, they tend to gloss over that part <laughs> and just try to pick out the positives, okay. right? Which is good. Yeah. Like it's good to see the silver lining. It's good to see the positives. But like Kevin said, it is important to also look at the negatives, to actually allow yourself to be uncomfortable and figure out why you were not satisfied. It is good to acknowledge that you weren't happy with your progress and that's okay, because we all go through that. Like, even if it was for a period of time, like, you know, maybe for a couple months you weren't satisfied and then you got satisfied, you know, maybe you changed your goal. Maybe you changed and adjusted your training and then you were able to make more progress toward that goal. So overall, when you look back on 22, you're happy and you're satisfied, but it's also important, like Kevin said, to acknowledge those periods where you didn't, you know, you weren't very satisfied with your progress and then learn the lesson that, you can possibly learn from that point. Right. And I think there's a few reasons why people might not be satisfied. And sometimes the size of the goal is an issue here. Mm-hmm. Like it's possible that you achieved all the goals you put out there and you're still sitting there feeling like, yeah, but I, I'm not really like happy and feeling great about this. Yeah. Maybe the goals weren't that big. Mm-hmm. Like, did you set the bar too low? So sure, you knocked off a bunch of goals, but you're like, yeah, but I didn't really go in that hard. Yeah. Like sometimes the difficult goals are the ones that actually give the most satisfaction. Even mm-hmm. if you you're like, well, I got close to this huge goal maybe more satisfying than I knocked off 10 small goals mm-hmm. like that's 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 an issue um or the other one is people get so fixated on the numbers yeah and then don't don't remember that the numbers are completely arbitrary and if the goal is to hit a PR I want to break two hours and a half marathon and you do you can always run it just another minute faster so it's not always necessarily the most satisfying goal yeah. And, well, it's always about what you make that number mean. Yes. Right. So it's like if the if you're just setting a number based goal based on something that somebody else told you you should do, then if you didn't have that level of personal connection to that goal, that's one of the reasons that you could be feeling unsatisfied. You're like, yeah, I achieved it, but like, whoop de doo. Yep. Right. Like. <laughs> Um, It's kind of like when we talk about like our numbers, you know, with my half marathon goal versus your half marathon goal, like years back, it was a really big deal for me to break two hours. That was like a big um, goal that I had set for myself. You didn't even think about two hours because you were so far under it that that wasn't a goal that you necessarily even meant anything to you. Right. That was just part of a training run. Right. Exactly. So understanding like is was the goal that I set too little you know like that could be leading to some satisfaction and then on the opposite hand was the goal too big because if the goal was too big and uh, we could we could debate on Uh, you know is there such a thing as too big of a goal but if it's a goal that's so big that you don't believe it's possible for you then that can let you or lead to you giving up early in the year when you're still really far from the goal, right? Like if you don't believe with any part of you that that goal is possible, 
then you're not going to put in the work that you need to put in to actually try to achieve it. I think that's a good way of, of phrasing a goal that's too big. If none of you believes this, not, yeah. there's not like a little speck inside of you that's like, man, that'd be really cool. Maybe I could. What about maybe? Like there has to be mm-hmm. that that slight thought of this is an actual real possibility. A possibility. Yeah. Otherwise, sure. If it's so big that it's going to take a lot of progress and it might be beyond a one-year goal, it's awfully hard to hit the end of January and be like, man, I don't think I'm all that much closer. Mm-hmm. If the goal is so far away that taking 10 steps towards it doesn't make it look like it got any closer, that's great. It's a huge goal that could be phenomenal for mm-hmm. you. But if you can't see the progress along the way because the goal is so far away, it does also lead to the chance of, of giving up on it. Yeah. And it's it's an interesting concept, right? Because one of my um, coaches and mentors teaches a concept called the impossible goal. Like she says that basically what our brains like to do is our brains love to find evidence why our goals are dumb, right? And why we should not stretch and try to achieve bigger goals because that requires change. Anytime that you are trying to grow or improve yourself, you are changing in the process and our brain does not like change. And so if you set a goal, that's something you're not able to achieve right now. Your brain loves to find all the reasons that you should not go for that, right? Like you should, that it's not possible that, um, this is going to be too hard. This is going to take too much time. What if you just put all this time and effort into it and you don't get it anyway, you don't end up actually achieving this goal. Then you would have just wasted all of this time, which is also not true, but instead, so she said that basically instead of setting a possible goal, something that you know you can achieve, you set an impossible goal so that when your brain does start to argue with you and tell you all the reasons that you aren't going to be able to achieve that goal, you're just like, yeah, I know. Of course. Right. Of course. That's Mm -hmm. right. But I'm going to work for it anyway. Mm -hmm. Right. And you just decide ahead of time, yes, I'm going to set this really big goal. I know it's probably unlikely that I'm going to achieve it, but I'm willing to work towards it, even though I might not get it. So the process is the important focus here, right? The the goal is not to actually achieve that thing. The goal is to start making progress towards that thing. And, and it's a question of how far can I get towards it? How close can I get to that goal? Right. Yeah, it, it's it, that was the philosophy I took when training for for the ultra yeah. at the beginning of the year because my goal wasn't to get to the finish line. And we tell everybody that your goal, especially on a new long distance, should be just to cross the finish. My goal was to win it because that seemed crazier and and that led to the focus and determination like the training for an ultra when part of the training is literally go out there and eat as much as you can while running and see how uncomfortable you can make your stomach feel like it's that's not enjoyable training it's just not but that's the training that has to go in and to say, okay, I want to go out there and finish the race. I, I don't think I would have put as much focus on training with stomach discomfort as I did. Mm-hmm. And as it showed up in the race, that's something that I need to key in on even more if I'm going to make it to, to the finish line. Yeah. So was your goal too big or too little? Do you feel like that was... Um, I think I hit the right size goal personally. You had, you had a Goldilocks goal for yourself? Goldilocks goal. Yeah. Um, Another thing that I think is important to point out here is that if you feel like your goal is really big and you didn't achieve it, I think it's another thing that it's important to kind of evaluate and ask yourself is, were you training for the right thing? 
Oh, you're going to have to clarify. So one, one of the things that I was thinking about is like, okay, say you have the goal to get faster in the half marathon, sure, right? But you were actually training for a bunch of like 5Ks along the way. And you were running in a bunch of 5Ks and trying to get a, a faster park run time. Yep. Were you actually training to run a, a faster half marathon or were you focusing on your 5Ks? Because I think that as runners, we tend to try to do multiple things at once. Most of us right? do. And so I think that it's important to know what your goal was and was that actually how your training played out? Right. Cause we might say, okay, it was my goal to get faster in the half marathon, or it was my goal to train for my first marathon this year. Mm -hmm. Right. But if I'm also concerned about my hat, so say the goal is I want to run my first full marathon. Okay. Right. But I'm also concerned about what my half marathon time was. Or, right. And I'm trying to get faster on my half marathon. Or take today. it more extreme and be like, I also want to PR on the 5K. Right. So you keep racing 5Ks every month exactly. trying to hit a PR on the 5K. Mm -hmm. It's difficult to build up the mileage for a marathon. Right. And so, like, you, when you set the goal, were was that actually where you were placing your focus in your training? Like look back and actually be honest with yourself there. You know, like was that actually the ultimate goal and were you training for that goal or were you also kind of getting distracted by other little goals along the way? Did you set up your own personal roadblocks mm -hmm. so that it made your big goal almost harder to get at yeah. than it should have? Yeah. And so and this this happens often with a big goal, right? Like when we set a big goal that we are kind of unsure if we're going to be able to achieve it, we do set up roadblocks along the way. Like it's like our body's defense mechanism, our, our brain's defense mechanism, because if you go all in toward a goal and don't achieve it, if you... That, then there's like this level of shame, okay, right? That comes along with it because we make it mean something. Because actually, finding your limit is is stark. It's finding your limit, right? <laughs> like it's knowing that I put everything I I could into this and I didn't achieve that thing, and that is a blow to the ego. Yes, right. So being able to put it all out there on the line is not something that we do easily as humans. So if you can distract yourself by achieving smaller goals, right? That's a that's an ultimate win. Like. It's one of the big things, and as a, as a teacher, I see kids where they hit the midterm at the end of the year, yeah. they just, they won't study for it. Mm -hmm. So then they, if they get a bad grade in the midterm, right. they can check out and be like, well, I mean, I didn't really study for it. Exactly. The built-in excuse. But the flip to this, what you can do with, with running of mm -hmm. like, if you're training for something else, they're like, yeah, I mean, I did really poor on that, but I didn't study. But look, I did so well on these other midterms and they end up putting all this effort into midterms. They probably would have done well in the first place. Mm -hmm. So yeah, sure. Maybe you're training for your first full marathon, but instead of really striving for that, you also were simultaneously chipping away at like a 5k PR right. because you're more comfortable with that training. Like, you know, the extra little things that you could do to try and take off a little bit of time for the 5k. Yeah. And so you're like, look, I've got this goal. And it leaves you with this awkward feeling of like satisfied, but unsatisfied because you did achieve mm -hmm. things, but they weren't actually the big goal that you stated at the beginning. So mm -hmm. yeah, you, you were setting up like mini wins, but like distracting wins. Yeah. And this is like one of the conversations that you and I had after your ultra, because yep. like about a month after the ultra, I said to you, okay, like what, what about the rest of the year? You yeah. know, like, are you just going to keep training for ultras now? Like, are you going to go back and train for a marathon? Like what's going to happen at this point? Right. And I think that at that time, I, I don't know. And like, 
I'm curious what your what your insight is on this at this point in time, kind of looking back on the whole year now, because at that time I said, what about the marathon? You yep. know, like, are you just doing ultras because you're not sure if you can get faster in the marathon? Because I said, I think you can get faster. I think you do have a faster time in you. Is it just that you don't want to do that training, you know? And so you ended up signing up and running a, a full marathon yep. um, at the end of the year. When you look back on that, what are your thoughts? I mean, so one of my other goals over the course of the year was to just enjoy running. Like for so long, I, I struggle with the whole, you know, disconnecting my race result times from how I was as a person, not how I was as a runner, but literally how I was as a person. And, you know, there've been marathons over the past few years that I've run that were not my fastest marathons that I was super satisfied with. It, like this year I ran, I ran the marathon a few weeks ago and I was satisfied at the end of it, even though it was not that fast of a time for me. Um, so it did help me achieve that. Generally, I think training for an ultra helps me kind of reframe my mind in that direction of enjoying the overall experience of the race and not necessarily saying, well, I have to hit this exact time mm -hmm. or this was a giant waste of my waste of my time. Like, yeah. This was completely unsuccessful. I would, it used to be very stark. It was a successful race or an unsuccessful race purely based off of the number on the clock. Yeah. But after the marathon, you did kind of have that feeling. Yeah. I mean, like you even said that to me, you said, like, cause I could tell your attitude after the marathon was not the same as it was when you had run Jacksonville a couple of years, ago, years ago. Right. And your thought immediate thought afterwards was, was it worth it? Mm -hmm. Like I didn't hit the time that I was going for. So was the whole thing worth it? Right. And, and how would you answer that now? It, I mean, look, this is the thing is you can gain positive lessons from every single run. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that my training was exactly on point for that marathon. There was scheduling and timing issues of stuff that came up and I chose other things and, and going in, it, you could look back at it and say, I literally set up the roadblocks for me. And so I had the built-in excuse heading to the marathon. I, I wanted to get the fast time. Like if I didn't think that I could have chased the marathon PR, I would not have signed up for the race. Like that's, that's what I've told you before in the conversations that we've had well, way before we hit the record button. Like if I did not think that I could actually legitimately chase my marathon PR, I don't think that I would have signed up for this course to, to sign up for this race and run it on this like pancake flat course. Yeah. But heading forward to next year and future years, I'm not sure how much more excitement I have to try to chase that marathon PR. And I don't think it's because I can't get to the time. It's because over so many years, like I've worked to try and figure out why that time matters so much to me. And one little random comment that my college coach made off on a distance run one day is really not a good reason to continue just torturing myself through mile after mile of a marathon. Do you remember what the comment was? Yeah, we were on pace to hit a hit 236 for a marathon in the middle of an 18 mile long run and coach dropped it. He goes, you guys are on 236 marathon pace. And like all the other guys out there running was like, coach, we're like, we took off. We all took like a sip of water because he set up cups of water across mm -hmm. the back of his Jeep. And then we kept on running. Everybody else was like criticizing me. Like who cares? Like we're all training for an 8k or a 10k because it was cross country season. 
it doesn't matter what marathon pace we are on, mm-hmm. but that comment always stuck with me hmm. of at the time I was capable conceivably of continuing that run and knocking out a 236. So that'd be something cool for me to hit. But is it really worth still going then chasing after that goal yeah. at my age to be like, look, yes, back when I was 20, I could have conceivably hit this. And that'd be awesome if I could hit it at 40. Like that, I don't think that I I need to get to that goal to be satisfied with my running resume. So the goal itself, that number goal just doesn't mean as much to me anymore. Because you've done thought work around it. Because I've done a lot of thought work around it. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, I, I think there's more on the table for how far can I go? Because I don't know. I, this year when I hit mile 65, that was, that was literally my physical limit on that day. But I don't think that's my physical limit period. Mm -hmm. I think that like, that's that's a boundary. That's a border that I'd like to keep kind of like pushing and seeing how far I can push that particular thing. And I find that much more interesting than trying to take another minute off of my marathon time. Mm-hmm. So why do you think that is? Um, I think that it, both of them test physical limits. Like how fast can I run 26.2 miles? Yeah. How far can I run before my body says, and you're done. Both of them test physical limits. One of them I think has more uh reach to it more runway possibility Mm -hmm. i don't know how much more i can chip away at marathon time Mm -hmm. but i think that i can push a a several many many more miles out Mm -hmm. on the long distance do you think that um you'll ever try to hit that marathon pr again i mean you know obviously who knows what the future holds but right now right right now right now what is your thought on that all right there's so many thoughts on this guy and I've been doing a lot of them lately as I, as I head out on my runs, when you get pretty quick in a marathon, a lot of people ask you, Oh, are you ever going to do Boston? Mm -hmm. Like, this is a question that you get. Always. Like if you move and you start running ultras, I think people are going to, there's going to be a lot more like you're doing what, how far are you running? I don't want to drive that far kind of question, but there's a lot less like, are you going to have to do Boston? Mm -hmm. And I have no like burning desire that I have to go run the Boston marathon. Otherwise I'm not a real runner. Yeah. Like, that's not my thing. I well, I think that part of that is also because you've qualified for Boston in every marathon you've ever run. True. So it's not like this huge goal for you to qualify for Boston. Right. But right. For a lot of people, it is. I've heard from so many other people like that. I still, you have to go experience Boston. Yeah. I've heard that too. But who's saying that? I've heard from runners of multiple abilities yeah. that have told me that I have to go experience Boston. Okay. And I'm like, uh, I, okay, yeah, I guess. You don't have the connection. I don't. Yeah. Whereas this crazy ultra in California, my neighbor used to try to run that every year mm-hmm. back in like the 80s and early 90s. And he never made it to that finish line. That race has like an actual connection to my childhood, mm-hmm. whereas the Boston Marathon doesn't. Yeah. Like I grew up on the other side of the country. It's still a cool marathon. Right. It'd be fun to go run it. I think that it would be a cool experience, yeah. but it has a different connection. And trying to get into this ultra marathon is a lengthy multi-year process. Like mm-hmm. anyway, It's so interesting though, because it's like, 
again, that like really highlights the importance of having a connection to your goals, yes. right? Because if you are connected to your goals, then you are going to want to put that work in to actually achieve them. If you're not connected, you just don't have that same level of like motivation and drive to try to achieve the goal. Well, yeah. If, if the goal is cool because you think other people will think it's cool, right. it gets really hard to keep pushing towards it. Yeah. Well, and I think that, that that's kind of jumping us a little bit further into 2023. I kind of like pushed us into, into that a little bit. Yeah, I know. Bit. I saw what you did there. But let's let's back up for just one second and just kind of wrap up our 2022 goal um, assessment of the year, right? So as you look at your goals for 2022 and you decide, you know, whether or not you are satisfied, if you decide, was that goal too big or too little for you? It, once you decide all of these things that we've kind of um, walked you through so far, it's important to always remember that there is always something positive to take away from your running over the past year, right? And that doesn't mean that you're just ignoring the negatives. Like we said earlier, the, the goal is not to just like gloss over the negatives and only pick out the positive things that happen throughout the year. The, the goal is to honestly assess what happened this year and take the lessons away from both the positives and the negatives. And oftentimes understanding that the better lessons often come from the negatives, from the hardships, from the things that you didn't achieve, because you can look back and say, okay, I set this goal. What happened? You know, why mm -hmm. didn't I achieve this thing? What can I do better for next time? That's why they often say success is the worst teacher, right? Because if you succeeded, if you achieved your goals, then all you really know is that what I did worked. But what part of what you did, right? When it doesn't work, you can kind of analyze it a little bit further. It's like, okay, how was my mileage? You know, was my mileage on point here? How was my pacing? Was I honest with myself about effort levels? Was I doing the majority of my runs at that easy effort? Was I sprinkling in enough speed work, right? Because a lot of times we can get very comfortable at that easy level 100%. and not and not push ourselves as much, you know? So did I push myself enough? How was my fueling, right? How was my sleep? How is my strength training? You can go back and you can kind of analyze these different pieces and say, okay, like I was pretty good with my runs. I think I was, you know, I, I really learned how to assess my effort level this year. I think that that was a really big thing I took away from this year. But that right there is yeah. a win on your running journey of 2022. A huge. Like I think huge win. people are like, because oh, well, I didn't hit a PR. Okay, but you learned effort level. <laughs> but that will pay off for years to come. Exactly. Right? That PR is a one-day thing. Yes. Right? Or like, you know, in your running circles, you can use it as a bragging point of every now and then, right? But like that PR is, it, it's great. Congratulations. You should definitely celebrate it. But like you said, learning how to run by effort, learning how to tune into your body and actually honor your body and be able to listen to it and know what your body is telling you is a huge uh, win that will pay off for years and years and years to come. I mean, I think there's so many wins that some people might discount over the course of the year. Yeah. Of like, because looking at the numbers, how many miles did you run over the year? Was mm -hmm. it more miles or fewer miles than last year? Yep. Like that could be like, oh, well, I didn't run as many in 2022 as I did in 2021. Mine was fewer because I felt awful. I, this, this was one of my biggest mileage years since like my early twenties. Yeah. So that was kind of neat. So that's awesome. Um, 
But there's so many things over the course, like, did you just figure out how to fuel your body mm -hmm. both during the run and after the run? Like, is your eating habits overall better this year than a previous year? That's a huge win. Did like, you learn how to incorporate strength training into your routine? Mm -hmm. And did you actually build strength? Because that's a huge win that's going to, again, pay off dividends for years to come. Which may be showing up as... Do you generally feel less pain both during and after your runs? Yeah. Like, was 2021 a painful struggle? You did it, but it just it wasn't fun because mm -hmm. it was a grind. And this year, regardless of pace, are your runs just feeling more comfortable? Mm -hmm. That's huge. Yeah. Huge. Um, you know, did you join a running group? Did you build consistency? Are you just enjoying your runs a lot more? Again, huge, especially In for long-term. Long-term growth. Are you enjoying your runs more? Might be one of the biggest checkboxes that you want to check over the course of the year. Yeah. Sure, you've got whatever goals you want, but are you enjoying your runs? Because if you're not, long-term growth is pretty, really, really, well, it's, it's almost impossible. Pretty, really. <laughs> I combined pretty difficult and then I decided I wanted to actually use the word impossible. So it became pretty, really. Pre that's, that's actually what happened there. I, as some, I love the words that you make up sometimes on the podcast. And I'm curious, like, if I like that we don't edit. If any of our <laughs> listeners ever like catch those words, because like sometimes I sit here and listen to you talk, I'm like, what is that word he just used? <laughs> that's not a real word he just said. Just let it keep going. <laughs> <laughs> just keep talking about it. Perfect. <laughs> so, what is impossible? Um, it, to to actually achieve long term, and that, by that I mean like year over year over year success. If you don't actually enjoy running, yeah, absolutely. Like, and that's why joy is such a big thing for us. You know, yeah. like our goal. Yes, we want to help you run faster. Yes, we want to help you run longer. Yes, we want to help you achieve your goals. But ultimately, we want to help you bring more joy into your running because when you are more joyful and when you enjoy your runs more you're going to be more motivated to get out there and do the work that is going to lead to you getting faster, that is going to lead to you improving your endurance. If you go out there and every run is a struggle and you're not looking forward to your runs and you're constantly trying to find motivation, it's going to be a lot harder for you to make progress because it's going to be a lot harder for you to maintain consistency. And consistency is the number one thing that you need to achieve any running goal. That's very, very good point. I mean, that that is... A stark point. Consistency is the number one thing you need. 100%. All right. You can't so, bypass that one. What do you want for 2023? All right. Time to kind of, how do you scaffold a goal for the overall year? I think we got three, three step approach to this guy. Yep. And then we'll, we'll put in some personal anecdote along the way. Okay. So when you're thinking about your goals for 2023, the first thing that we want you to do is set a big goal, right? And this can be a goal that maybe you'll achieve in 2023, or maybe it's going to take you a couple of years to achieve this goal. And 2023 is just a year for you to get closer, to get a few steps closer to achieving this goal, right? So with you, Kevin, like running that 100 mile race, you know, yep. maybe you'll achieve it this year. And, you know, because 2022, you just took a step closer, yep. right? You didn't achieve that goal, but you got closer to it, right? So, what is that big goal that would really be meaningful for you to achieve that you would be like, that would be amazing. I want you to think on that level, almost to the point where it might feel slightly impossible because it actually is impossible for you right now where you are in your life, where you are in your running right now at this moment, you could not go out and achieve that thing, Yes, right? That's how you know it's a bigger goal, that you are actually going to have to change as a person and change as a runner 
in order for you to achieve that goal. And that's the really, really exciting part, right? Because as humans, we're either growing or we are um, dying, really. Like we're either growing and, and getting better in our life, or there's not really a, such a thing as stagnation, right? Because if no, you stay backwards. in the same place, you're really moving backwards, right? So we're either moving forward or we're moving backwards. So which direction do you want to move? And I think that running is such a good vehicle and avenue for us to look at ourselves and examine how we are in our lives, how we are as a person, like how are we showing up for ourselves in our lives? Because running challenges us, right? Running is a very clear, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like a very clear marker of, mm -hmm. of our progress on yeah. how we're doing, right? Yeah. Because it is a very numbers-based sport, right? It's very easy for us to kind of see whether or not we're progressing some of the time, right? Like we just mentioned, there's a lot of other ways that you can assess progress other than just your pace or just your time or just your distance, right? There's a lot of other things you can look at, but how are you growing? How do you want to grow in 2023? And the big goal that you set is that guiding lighthouse, right? It's that lighthouse in the distance that is just giving you the direction. Right now, it might seem a little blurry. You know, might, right now, you might just kind of see the light. You might not actually even see the building, the structure itself. Right, but there's but a you light out there. The light is there, right? It's possibly so far away that you feel a little bit uncomfortable because it's not it's not close enough that it's providing you that safety that a lighthouse often provides. It's just a light in the distance. If it's giving you a little bit of uncomfortable feelings that that's your goal, you're probably making the goal big enough. Mm -hmm. If you're not feeling a little bit uncomfortable about saying the goal out loud, if you've got a goal in the back of your head, but you haven't told anybody else about it, yeah. that might be your level of discomfort. If you're just casually sharing that goal with everybody and people are like, oh, that's a cool goal, that might not be big enough. Like that, it might just be like, oh yeah, that's great. I think I can definitely get to that one stretched a little bit farther. There's a reason they're called stretch goals. Mm -hmm. um, and then also make sure that when you're sharing with other people, you're not just sharing your goal because you think that that goal will impress others. Yeah. The goal has to mean something to you, right? Telling everybody that you want to go out and hit a Boston qualifier could impress a whole bunch of other runners around you. But if you don't actually care about hitting a Boston qualifier, you're not going to put in the training runs. Absolutely. So once you've got that big goal and you have that like exciting thing that kind of gives you those little butterflies in your stomach, what do you do about it, right? Because it's sometimes when you have those big goals, it can be kind of hard to figure out how to get there. And that's why it's now important for you to break those big goals down into more short-term goals. So ask yourself, what stepping stones do I need to help me get to my big goal? And these short-term goals, you can then stack on each other. And this is the, the process that we teach inside the training academy, where you, you set a big goal and then you basically, what's it, you do a process called reverse engineering. Okay. You kind of work backwards from the big goal to say, okay, that's what I want to achieve. What do I need to do in the three months before that? What do I need to do the three months before that? Right. Depending on how far out that goal is or how far out your first attempt of that goal is, right. You might not know the exact timeline and you also have to be willing to be wrong about the timeline, right? It's important to set a rough estimate of a timeline. So you kind of know what you're working with, but if you're like, I have no idea how long it's going to mm -hmm. uh, take me, but right now I know I need to build up my mileage or right now I know I just need to get consistent. I need to start running three days a week, 
If you're not there yet, that should be your first goal. I need to consistently run three days a week for three months straight. That should be your first goal, building that consistency, building that mileage base, building that strength back up, and then think about races and then think about speed. But right now, if you're not consistent, make that the first goal that you need to get to. Yeah. These short-term goals, kind of the a different perspective than what we were talking about in the last one of how you can set yourself up with like shiny objects that distract you from getting to your big goal. This is finding shiny, shiny objects that will in fact take you towards your big goal. Yeah. They're just, they're stepping stones that you can get there. If the lighthouse is so far away that you can't even see the building yet, but you can see like an island close in the distance, you can get to that guy. Maybe that's in, along the way mm-hmm. it's along the path and you can see yourself progressing to it yeah if the big goal is so far away again the the 10 steps towards it doesn't look like you're any closer then do you really want to take those 10 steps if 10 steps gets you to your first smaller goal and you think that those steps are at least in the direction of the big lighthouse that's a win mm-hmm. if you're training to try and complete your first marathon knocking off 5k after 5k after 5k is a distraction mm-hmm. trying to be like all right i've only raced 5k's maybe i should see if i can race a 10k maybe i should build my mileage towards racing a half marathon these are shorter term goals that will head you towards the direction of racing a longer distance. Right. And then every time you get to that island, you you reassess, right? That's the process of goal setting as well as you reassess. Am I closer to where I want to go? Yes or no. And then, okay, what is the next step from here? Because you might think that the direction is north when the direction is actually northeast, right? Yep. And the closer you get to that lighthouse, the better you'll be able to assess the smaller steps along the way and the right direction that you want to take those steps. Yes, of course. Okay. So once you have that big goal and then you break it down into those short-term goals, the next thing you want to do is establish what are called process goals, right? So say you establish a short-term goal of, I want to um, be able to run a 5k or a 10k, right? So let's sure. go, let's go to the, the marathon goal example that you just gave. So my goal is to run my first full marathon. Great. Right now, I'm currently at like a 5K distance. Yep. All right. So the first goal I want to do is build up to a 10K, right? What do I need to do to actually get to that 10K? So what is the actual plan? What are the action steps that I need to take to get to that goal? So how consistent am I right now? Like, am I running three days a week? Do I want to continue with that? Or do I want to add in a fourth day? What um, is my What does my consistency look like with strength training? Am I strength training at least twice a week right now? Um, Am I performing my mobility at least twice a week right now so that I can be able to take on the increase in training load to build up to that marathon, right? Kind of assess where you are right now. And we've talked about this, I don't know, a few episodes back about the key to getting to your goals is first knowing exactly where you are. When you go on a road trip and you pull up Google Maps, the first thing that happens is that Google Maps finds your blue dot right? It finds where you are right now. You have to accurately assess where you are right now before you can figure out even where you want to go and before you can figure out the best route for you to get there. Right. And then I I think going back to consistency is the best way to achieve whatever you've got. We covered consistency with running, with strength and with mobility. It's hard to maintain consistency with running, especially as you start building mileage. So if you're currently able to run like three miles and your goal is run a marathon, you you can't just 
increase mileage. You have to be able to increase your strength and make sure that you're focusing on mobility so that your body is strong enough to handle all the increases in mileage so that any sort of aches and pains that come up, like you don't have to say, oh, my running form is is off. But as you run more and more and more, there's going to be tight spots. So focusing on mobility so that you're able to maintain your your running form, that it doesn't get hindered as you go off on longer and longer runs. And now you feel super stiff the next day, but just trying to continue to increase your mileage. So you're mm-hmm. out there now running with like hobbled, awkward form, yeah. increasing your strength so that you can run day after day, increasing your mobility so that you can run with your normal standard form day after day. These are things that need to happen before you can make it, make the goal of, I just want to run further than I've ever run before. Yeah, exactly. So when you look at your 2023, what what kind of goals do you have set for yourself right now? Or are you still working on them? Um, I, I want to take another good shot at hundred miles. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think you'll do the keys 100 again? Or are you thinking maybe a different one? I do. That's, that's a link more lengthy conversation than we have for this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Because okay. the answer is yes. I would love to uh, short, short conversation on the podcast. I would love to go at the keys 100 again, mm-hmm. but I also want to take steps towards trying to qualify for the Western States hundred and the keys is not a qualifying race. Right. So, so we might have to look at something else. It It poses a problem. Right. Right. Well, not a problem. It just poses a challenge. Not a challenge, just decision. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then if I'm looking at my 2023, I definitely, as long as I continue to feel better, like, cause that's going to be a big thing. 2023 go not anemic. Yeah. <laughs> Say no to anemia. Um, but I would like to knock out some like trail runs, um, this year. I, I wanted to do this last year. This was I think this was similar to my goals for last year. It just kind of got derailed along the way because of, you wanted to build up the strength and then do right. these other kind of runs right. and you built up the strength and then, and then lost the oxygen there. pushing through your body. Yeah. So I want to try some trail runs. I would love to do a relay race, like a team relay run. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if you decide not to do the keys 100 this year, I might do it with a, with some friends, cool. um, you know, like with a team that could be fun or like a Ragnar or something like that. It looked um, a lot of fun to the people in the yeah. vans and buses driving past last they, year. They, they looked like they were having a, a really good time. Um, and then probably I I think I should, I shouldn't say should, I think I'd like to race a half marathon again this year. I really wanted to do the 10 mile cherry blossom race in Washington, DC, but I don't think that's going to be happening this year. It's sell out like three minutes. There's other, other issues why I I didn't end up uh, um, applying for the lottery, but, um, maybe that's a 2024 goal. Oh yeah. There's a lottery. There's some other stuff. If if they just put that thing to selling out, it's going to sell out in a minute and a half. Right. So, um, but I do want to find like a cool, like just a different race and, and, who knows if I'll go for a PR depending on the course that I choose, or if I just kind of want to go and experience and have fun with it. See, this is where I'm kind of at with a marathon yeah. is if I just keep trying to chase my marathon PR, mm-hmm. then I get stuck on the same courses that I've run in yeah. Florida because it's best to just find pancakes. Right. So do I want to always have to run a pancake well, or so do I want to find different, more exciting courses? And here's the thing I'm thinking is that I will train as if I'm training for a PR, yeah. right? So I want to put in the effort level in my training, yep. but then go out and just run and enjoy the race the way that that race kind of plays out for me. Sure. Right. So if it's like a really hilly course, I probably won't run a PR on it. Unlikely. Unlikely. Right. Because my PR, my current PR was, is in Key West, which is like a completely flat course, the right? Elevation change of a foot, I think. I think. <laughs> so, I mean, the likelihood of a PR on a super hilly course is probably less likely, but 
not impossible. Not impossible. So who knows? It's kind of just, I think that this year I want to be a rebuilding year for me to kind of get back into racing and do several races, several different types of races, I think would be really fun. Excellent. All right, you guys. So we hope that this was a helpful episode for you to kind of look back on 2022 and then look ahead to 2023. Again, if you would like any guidance, any coaching um, along the way, we've got our group coaching program. Right now we have um, one or two spots available in our one-on-one coaching program if you want more personalized attention, but we do have um, spots open in our group coaching program as well. So reach out to us, um, send us an email, support at realliferunners.com. We would love to help you reach your goals, um, whatever they may be, right? Whether your goal is just to be consistent, whether your goal is to build strength up, whether your goal is to hit... Um, a certain time and a certain race distance. We help, we love helping runners to achieve all of those things that will bring them more joy. So, um, as always, this has been the Real Life Runners Podcast, episode number 285. Six. 86. Now get out there and run your life. <laughs>